Hey, listen, all you musicians out there that want to get your music placed on real Spotify or YouTube playlist for real streams and not some bullshit robot spins, go to YouGrowPromo.com and use the promo code YouGrowFullOn to get 10% off your first campaign. We've tested this, and it actually works. I mean, if your band sucks, I can't help you there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that I can't help, but if you got some quality shit and you want to get it done, go to YouGrow.com and do use the you grow full on for an extra 10%. It has been a long time. Is this season 2 now? I think so. I think we're in season 2. Yep. Took a couple couple weeks off. I've been very busy. Everything's opening back up and doing our perspective things. Yep. Season two. I was just back from Las Vegas. How was that? It's crowded as fuck, dude. Like, literally, the whole world was there from yeah. presidents to actors to MGK with his wig. I mean, the- <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, what the hell is going on under that guy's hat? <laughs> Whatever it was, that hat was holding it on. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, at least he looked cool. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it was 117 degrees and he had a wool cap on. He looked fucking really cool. <laughs> it was so hot in Las uh, Vegas. Not temperature cool. I was, I was fucking chafed in all the wrong <laughs> places, dude. Woo. Yeah. All right, Tim, who do we have today? Today we have uh, Cameron Collins. Cameron Collins, he's a, a promoter. He does a bunch of shit, but he promoted for uh, Punk and Drublick. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, he's part of Bruja, like the production team, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw him, I wanted to talk to him because he did Punk in the Park in Tempe, Arizona, yep. which I was at um, with my dear friends Pennywise, and it was like the first rock festival back, and I just, I just really wanted to talk to him about like what it was like, because there's so many variables going on in something like that, you know, getting back into it. As more festivals are coming just around the corner, I, I am going to be in one, I'm going to be at one this week in Wisconsin. Shout out to the people in Wisconsin. <laughs> But that um, was like the first big one back, yeah, right? And yeah. that's just such a bold move to be that brave to go out and really make it happen. And it was such a great experience, dude. It, I was so stoked and thankful yeah. to be there. And it was at a water park. And it was just the setting was cool. The yeah. bands were cool. And man, like, I got to be honest with you. Like, everyone, if you know me, you know, I don't like to be the guy standing on stage. I like to go out the front of house. But certain bands, Pennywise being one of them, I, right. yeah. it's, you have to be there if they don't see you yeah. when you hear about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but after that first song, the crowd response, it was like, what? Like, you could yeah. tell people just wanted it back. And it was so cool, People's man. People's tops were coming off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was like. Yeah. and uh, My bottoms came off, too. <laughs> but I really, man, I, you know, I, I just wanted to find Cameron and, and Josh and hug them, Josh Stolo, and just hug them because it was just so great. Like, like yeah. they had the balls to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's give them a call. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Let's give my call. Why are you walking around like you're hosting a game show, Dean? <laughs> Just making sure we got the levels. He's, you guys can't see it, but he's doing the Vanna White, too. Yeah. <laughs> can you guys hear me? Yes, Cameron. we can. What's going on, man? Hello. How are you? Oh, you know, <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? Good. We are just talking about you... Um, you know, obviously we want to talk about all you do, but we were just talking about Punk in the Park. And, and the reason we wanted to have you on, because like you and Josh, like you guys were the first ones to be brave enough to say, we're going to do a festival no matter what's going on. And it, it was such a special moment and such an important moment for me. And I know everyone there. So like, I, I need to talk to you about what that, that situation was like, any hurdles you had to do or, or go get through and, and all of that. So welcome to the full on Church of Rock and Roll. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was interesting on a couple different levels, I guess, because we already had punk in the park planned for California, which has been planned now for like a year and a half and has been moved three times due to the pandemic. Um, and it's all the way out into November in California now. And so, you know, we were just talking about it, like, dude, why can't we gotta, we gotta go do this. Like we gotta do this, but I want to do it somewhere else. Where do you want to go? And so we started looking at like past markets we've been to. Anyway, we decided we're going to go to Phoenix. That's going to be the first one that we, that we go out and try and do. They were a little more open than we were in Southern California, as far as like their mandates. Um, 
So we just kind of went for it, not knowing if it was going to be able to happen for sure. But like, that's kind of been my motto that I've told all of our staff and, you know, all of our crew is like, you've got to make plans. Like in Mm -hmm. these days, I know there's so much uncertainty, but if we don't make plans, eventually we're just going to be left wondering what happened as everything sell by. Like we've got to be a proactive company right now, you know? And so that's kind of, that's kind of what we went with. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it fortunately worked out for us. Like when we were going into it, um, the fire marshal was telling us like, yeah, it's going to be, uh, pods. You're gonna have to have barricade pods <laughs> oh inside God. this. Like it's already in a wave pool, right? A drained wave pool. So it's already like slightly challenging anyway, like how we're going to do this. But we're like, so how are we going to do barricaded pods where everyone's going to have their own little mosh pits in these pods? It's going to yeah. be totally dangerous. <laughs> Because uh, they they said they're like yeah you can have like two hundred people in a pod. I'm like what this is crazy like I don't even know how this is gonna work. So anyway we were really concerned about it and um, the state had opened up where there were no no more mandates everything was open and then Phoenix proper said you know okay well we're we're gonna go with that everything's still gonna be completely open and then of course Tempe where we're doing it said we're not <laughs> we're gonna still have you know some restrictions which they had the right to do. So we were like literally until two weeks before the event, not sure if it was going to be in pods or if it was going to go full GA. And um, fortunately three days before the event, um, the fire marshal goes, yeah, that's not a good idea. Let's just do it full GA. You're good to go. And we're like, Oh my God, this is awesome. So yeah, yeah, like (laughs) it was uh, stressful getting there, but it was, it worked out perfectly as you know. So that, that was, that was the moment. Like, so I was going to ask you, like, at what point did you say, regardless, like we're just going with it. We have the artwork, we have the band. You had what Pennywise face to face strung out good riddance. What H2O voodoo yep. glow skulls, the bomb pops and slaughterhouse. If you guys don't know the band slaughterhouse, check them out. They're fantastic that day. Um, totally. So, so at what point was there a time where there was like, this might not happen or were you just like, no, we're doing it regardless. We're just going to make this happen. Uh, we were doing it regardless. I was like day one, the second we went on sale, it was on for me. Um, I frankly, like I was tired of, of being sidelined while all these other businesses were able to exist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a restaurant owner myself, right? Like we got, we got screwed during the pandemic owning at my bar restaurant. And, um, but we were still able to function in some capacity in the, in the events business and festival business, we weren't allowed to do anything. Um, so I felt like I saw a window of opportunity and just went for it. Uh, with it and i was like i don't care what happens we're going for it yeah it was you great know? and it to me it, it was perfect like that the first one back was this punk rock thing because like it was it was a radical thing to do it really was it was a big f you to all these you know all these politicians that have been making everyone live in fear i don't want to get into politics too much but you know what i mean like <laughs> people have been trapped in their houses watching this this corporate news and just living in fear and and it took you guys and josh and these bands to say you know fuck you we're doing this and everyone had a great time and i mean i saw tears of joy from people it was fantastic yeah, absolutely i think that's like the most american i felt in such a long time yeah out at punk in the park in arizona right. it really was yeah. i mean outside of storming the Capitol. <laughs> too soon yes outside of that were you there yeah. were you there? i got a torture from that no yeah, i'm not gonna say anymore they're gonna come yeah, after the, me the now no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no it was so great and that you guys I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for that experience. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you're welcome, but, but I, mean, I don't even know how to say you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, it was rad for me too. It was, I literally like, I think when face to face went on, like I had goosebumps through the entire thing. Cause it was just like, people are back. Mm-hmm. Like we are yeah. doing this and people are having a great time. And you know what else was cool is just that like, there were no assholes. Like yes. everybody was cool. There was everybody one. was like, <laughs> yeah, they were all just stoked to be there. And like, you know, not a single fight. No. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. it was great. Like it was, it was such super a cool vibe. Grateful. Yeah. Let, let me, it. let me ask you the, um, 64 cent question here. Did you get any complaints afterward? Did anyone say I got, if you can talk about it, did anyone say, Oh, I got sick or, I mean, to me, it just proves like, man, you're out in the sun. No. It's going to kill it anyway. 
Yeah, so not a single not a single case um, was reported to us. Um, in fact, we watched and monitored for like three weeks following what the case levels were in that area, like Tempe, Phoenix proper. And there wasn't any increase at all. In fact, their cases dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of joke, and I don't mean this, but I joke saying like, look, I don't know about the scientists. If they want real data, I can give it to them. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. done thousands of people together you know what I mean? Like now outdoors in these big spaces and there's been zero increase. I and mean, we did Orange County. We did Silverado Showdown. We had 3,500 people there. Um, and that was even earlier. That was uh, March. And it, I mean, same thing. Like our numbers in Orange County just dropped and dropped and dropped and kept dropping. It's like there were 3,500 people out there, you know, like, yeah. and it was fine. And we had signs saying like, please wear masks, please socially distance. Cause it was, that was the first, first one I had done. Right. Um, please do all of these things. And like, it was so weird. Like everybody walked in wearing a mask and every single person took it off. Not one person was wearing one during the event. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you can't enforce it, whatever. But that was the only guidelines that we were given for that one. But it was weird because like the ABC couldn't give us an alcohol permit because they're like, we don't have any guidelines from the governor. Hmm. And then like the health department didn't come out and do any inspections. We were free to do an event because Gavin Newsom's deal was you could do um, 10% capacity and their capacity is 14,000 there. So we're like, okay, great. So anyway, you can do, um, or was it 20%? I'm sorry. You can do 20% capacity. So we were totally within the guidelines, but the health department themselves was like, I don't know what to tell you to do or not do. So like, good luck. It was just weird. Like, uh, okay. Like we couldn't get an alcohol license. We had to do it under the venues license, Mm. uh, which is what the director of the ABC told me to do. But she's like, I know it's crazy. Like, but I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I, I can't give you an event permit because though we have like, you know, the blessing of the governor to go ahead and move forward, we don't know what we're supposed to be telling people to do. So anyway, fast forward, right? And now here we are. And I talked to the ABC. We did an event there, uh, Summer Roots um, Reggae Festival just what, last week, two weeks ago. Um, and they're like, yeah, um, it's just business as usual. I'm like, there's no modified guidelines. There's nothing I need. No. Like, I don't need to have, like, more hand wash stations or sanitation. And they're like, nope, you're good. I'm like. What the hell have we been doing for the last year and a half? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's weird. but And that's the problem, too. It's like, know. it's kind of, again, I don't want to get political, but it's kind of like the mask has been pulled off now and they cannot lie about things anymore. Not that it's a lie. I'm, I know I know people that have had. I'm not saying that at all. But, like, you're right. There's, there's just all, you know, I was in Las Vegas this past weekend and the fight was in town. And there was just people everywhere and there's no guarantee that everyone's vaccinated or not vaccinated you know what i mean so how do you know and, right. and no one's trying to to do anything anymore they're just it's either they're rolling of the dice or they're like oh well you know we can't keep this up anymore right well speaking of rolling the dice i was in vegas two weeks ago too lost my ass at craps but anyway whatever <laughs> same deal though nobody wearing masks nobody doing anything like at the pool like it's had a sign that said like you should um you should socially distance or wear a mask while not in the water if you're not fully vaccinated. And it's like, how do we know all these people are or aren't? Yeah. Nobody's mm-hmm. actually asking the question. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of a silly thing, but whatever. At the end of the day, I'm not a scientist. I don't know what, but what I do know is I've done now, you know, three festivals since this thing and we haven't had a single increase so I'm feeling, yeah i'm feeling good about it just everyone wash their hands and don't touch your face you'll be fine it works with any kind of illness right right <clears throat> right exactly so let's because i want to talk about you have another one coming up in denver and then you, you have the one in california but let's let's go to your beginnings like how did you get into all of this like are you from california did you grow up in bands like what's, what's your story yeah so born and raised in southern california um always lived in orange county um i was actually funny i i was born at mission Viejo hospital mm. all four of my children were born at mission Viejo hospital like it, wow. it's just that's where my family's from that's where we've been so southern california orange county specifically um i had no background no intention of ever becoming a promoter or a festival producer it was never even a consideration for me uh, 
I was, um, I worked in our family business, which was in the electrical industry, like electrical construction, um, for years. And I didn't love it. Um, my father and his partners were going to retire. My siblings were all involved. And it was like, hey, are you going to buy in and be an owner now? Or what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not, I don't like what I'm doing. Like, I just, it's a job. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like life's worth more than just like having a job. Like, I want to do something that I love. Not to be like a millennial. It's like, I don't feel fulfilled at my job. <laughs> yeah, so right. Like, yeah. I'm looking for that. But like, I was, you know, I was not, it was just a job. So anyway, point is, um, I was into beer. Um, surprisingly enough, before all of this, I was, uh, I started racing triathlon doing Ironman, you know, traveling all over the country, doing races from, you know, the Ironman 70.3 to full distance, um, got really competitive with it, hurt my back and was like, Oh shit. Like I can't do this anymore. Uh, what do I do? And so I loved beer and I was like going to beer festivals and stuff in San Diego. And I was like, there's nothing going on in orange County. Nobody does it. Like maybe we should do it. And so, uh, my wife, me, um, and our in-laws just were like, should we just do one? Like, see what happens. Yeah, let's do it. So we did back in 2010 with the OC Bruja and we sold like a thousand tickets and I couldn't believe it. Like, Mm. I was like, this is so crazy. Like I did all the marketing for it and I had some experience, you know, in marketing, um, from other businesses in the past. I was just like, dude, that was the raddest feeling I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. I got a thousand people to come out. Everyone's having beers. Everybody's like watching these little bands. And it was just like, dude, I've never felt so like accomplished, like so stoked. And I love like the building of it. So anyway, we decided to do it again. And then we did, you know, by the third year, we had like four new events and they were all beer festivals. It was like, <clears throat> the brouhaha we we launched a holiday all one called the brouhaha which still happens um and then uh we got a phone call from the orange county fair i guess 2013 2014 and they were like somebody did a beer festival here it was an absolute disaster uh the fairs decided we're never going to allow one ever again I'm like why am i in this meeting <laughs> but <laughs> right. like, we're never gonna do it again. but we would consider it if you would consider coming in and doing one with us on opening weekend at the Orange County Fair. And I was like, holy shit, that's, that's a big deal. Like this is crazy. And you know, I still am working in like the electrical industry. So I'm like, I have four events, so I'm totally like burning the candle at both ends, but like, let's do it. Like, this is such a great opportunity. So we did, we still do it. It's actually next weekend. It's the brew. He at the OC fair. We're doing it next weekend. Um, but anyway, like we've been doing it for years now and it was, you know, it's been freaking fantastic. But, um, again, we were just beer festivals. So then, uh, SGE, are you guys familiar? With oh SGE? yeah. For sure. yeah. Yes. And, uh, so, um, Heather Vantress, who is the general manager there, hit me up. Um, and she got my number through this guy, Corey Danger, who you may know, who does all the tattoo vendors at Music. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I knew him because he's my barber, <laughs> like whatever. Oh. So anyway, she calls me and she's like, hey, we do really big festivals and like we love what you're doing and we want to do some stuff with you. Can you come in? And I was like, oh, my gosh, this could be another cool opportunity. Let's go see what's up. Um, so we went and met and they were like, yeah, we want to like we'll give you 10 percent, you know, whatever. I'm all, nah, it's not worth my time. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm not, nah, I'm good. Anyway, two weeks later, John Reese calls me and says, hey, come back in. I want to talk to you. I'm like, all right. So I come back and he goes, we got to do some stuff together. Like, let's do it. Let's just be partners 50-50 on the deal. I'm like, all right, I'm oh, interested. Fuck yeah, dude. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, then one thing leads to another. You know, we did our first one, which was Cali Uncorked. It was a reggae festival. And then we go down San Diego, 91X had come up. It was just like, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity 91x came to our reggae event loved it wanted us to bring one to san diego and partner with us with their radio station we're like shit let's do it so we went down and anyway that became scallywag which was our first time doing like a big like punk rock beer event like whatever and um it was incredible it was absolutely incredible we had no effects bad religion goldfinger real big fish um i don't even remember but it was brad and um 
Wait, let me ask anyway, you. Real, let me ask you real quick. So, how do you get to the point? So, you know, you're doing these festivals and you're doing that that IPA world or that beer world. Like, how do you start reaching out to bands? Do you just reach out, you cold call to their agents, or is there a connect? Yeah. So, um, early days, like we would, yeah, we would just like cold call, and we were booking really small bands. It was typically usually dealing with like the drummer you know what i mean like they they didn't even have agents at that level like when we first started but um a lot of it really came to be like john was really handling most of the booking uh when we first started and then i started doing my own booking and then josh um was doing booking at slide bar and he and i became friends and you know just over the years like he helped me like get in touch with certain agents and whatever anyway as things just progressed now like you know um punk and trouble was born which actually kind of came was a whole idea out of um sitting in my backyard smoking a cigar drinking whiskey and like was like you know what'd be rad it would be awesome if we could do an event called punk and Drublick with no effects it'd be 21 plus with 21 bands and we'll have 21 breweries and the whole idea will be about that we're all grown-up punk rockers now because that's <laughs> what i grew up in right like, we were all just punk rock kids i was like it's such a great idea so anyway um we reached out to their manager at the time this guy blair dickinson do you know him i do know blair yeah blair's rad so we reached out to blair and um blair's like yeah i'll take it to the band and he takes it to fat mike and fat mike goes wow that is a horrible idea i hate it <laughs> classic but i'll steal it yeah, yeah. so i'm like well that sucks uh like wah, wah. So, so anyway we do scallywag they were already on it they were booked for scallywag we do scallywag like three weeks later and the show is like unbelievable that actually for me that was a really big moment for me like which really set me on fire for this whole industry was like we're in our hotel down by waterfront park and there's people walking around with like british accents and people speaking french and all like australians and all this stuff i'm like the fuck are all these people doing here <laughs> and heather's and she goes what do you think they're doing here they're all coming to the show tomorrow i'm like people came in from like all over the world to go to our show she's like what else do you think they're doing yeah of course and i'm like no freaking way and i start talking to them like at the bar in the hotel and they're like yeah mate like we came in from australia you know blah, blah. i'm like holy shit that's amazing like this is the coolest thing ever like yeah. you know and i just like i was having so much fun with it anyway three weeks later we do the show that was scallywag and two days after we get a phone call from blair and he says uh fat mike said that was the coolest event he's ever been to absolutely loved everything about it and wants to talk to you again about that punk and trouble idea you had so that was like holy crap that's amazing we should go meet so anyway we went and met uh we had a meeting with fat mike and blair uh up in newport that fat mike did not show up to <laughs> which was great <laughs> and, uh, blair's like yeah i mean i don't know uh i don't know i don't think he's coming actually now but uh he really likes it and he doesn't you know he doesn't want to do one show he thinks you guys should do two or three shows and do it as like a little tour, like a mini tour. And that was way outside my wheelhouse. Like I'd never done events outside of Orange County. I had just done my first one in San Diego. I was like, this is so much fun. Mind you, I still have a day job. Like, and I'm just like, I'm working till midnight every night. You know what I mean? I would just be at work, get off, and then just boom, I would be working on all these events and stuff. Um anyway so we're like yeah let's do it and then we met with mike and mike and i just kind of like became friends almost instantly um which was weird because we're very very different people uh (laughs) but maybe that maybe that opposite attracted us so like we just kind of hit it off and um you know whatever we were within like the first time we met within like a couple hours we were on like text message basis just texting each other ideas and shit it's been that way ever since you know what i mean since 2017 uh, we talk all the time i talked to him you know four times yesterday like we we're always talking about ideas and you know things that we want to do and um it's been awesome so that's kind of uh the story where like the whole punk rock thing kind of tied into it well i think yeah. i think you know punk rock being the whole diy attitude and, and i think you touched on a few things if you love what you do and you work hard at it like shit can happen right 
And totally. And then, you know, a, a lesson for people today, because we live in a world that everyone lives off of likes and not accomplishments, right? Likes totally. are not fulfilled. Totally. I mean, it's just short term fulfillment. But if you have accomplishments like that shit last week, you're still talking about it now. And I can tell you're getting excited. Like that's the real shit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's really actually a good, uh, good way to put it. Um, it is, it definitely feels good to see like the likes and whatever and see how many, like, you know, people are sharing your stuff and doing all that kind of stuff for these events, but you're totally right. Like at the end of the day, when the crowd is there and they've all like shown up, there's nothing like that. Like that feeling to me, like I'm an entrepreneur, like I love building things. So mm-hmm. this business is perfect for me because literally we build new events constantly just because i did the event once doesn't mean anything for next year yeah you start from zero every single time and you have the same amount of risk every single time the thing could shit the bed and you can lose it all so there's like this like gamble to it too and there's like this hunter mentality where you're like you hunt and you fight and you fight for like 90 days 120 days to make this thing work and you deal with every like hiccup speed bump bullshit deal with you know the government with you know the police with promote with the uh with other promoters with agents and management and like just all the obstacles all the things that can happen and it's just like i love it like i love it i love living on that like edge of like massive success to like mega failure but just like I, i exist in the gray you know what i mean like i'm just right there and i love it and i and i never want to do anything else like um, the, I went full time with this like five years ago now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And left the family business. Like the family business has grown like crazy. All my siblings are making ridiculous money and like they make more money than I do. And that's cool. I don't care. Like yeah. I would I'd never trade it for anything. Like we have a punk and Drublik documentary that actually releases next week. And we did the premiere of it at my brewery, um, that I own with, uh, three partners um up in uh anaheim and in the documentary i actually i say like people always ask like you know what would you do man like if, if you won the lottery what would you do like to, you know you got 50 million dollars you just won and i'm like i would do events and i wouldn't care about losses yeah it would be the i would do the coolest events ever and and i wouldn't care like but no i'm saying you don't have to do that anymore because you have 50 million dollars you can do whatever you want i'm like you don't understand this is what i want to do yeah this is what i love there is nothing in the world i ever want to do different like i remember people when we would when we started doing this they'd be like yeah you know eventually you may see like you'll work your way in and maybe you start working for you know an agency or you go to work for live nation wouldn't that be amazing i'm like no no i don't want to do that why are you trying to like lead me in this direction i'm i am where i want to be right here right now this is it i'm in it i'm living it you know what I mean? Like it's, I love it. Yeah. I don't know if I can drive that point home any harder. No, no, I, I think it's great. And I, I think you saying that like you're these people that come to your shows, like, and your prices are great to be honest with you compared to other festivals Thanks. and yeah. you know, they're spending their hard earned money. And you know, sometimes that's their first festival ever or their first show ever. I always tell bands, like some bands would be like, Oh, I'm not feeling it. I'm like, really? Because that person might be the first and only time they ever get to see you and you're going to half ass it. You know what I mean? So you, you can't do it on a right. festival level. Like you have to make that experience great for everyone. They won't come back, you know, regardless of who you have play because, you know, the bands are the, at a festival, the bands are great to see, but it's about the experience. And that starts from when you walk through those gates to how the merch is to everything there. I mean, you know, we all, we do a lot of festivals here and we we're always walking around and trying to get the vibe of all of that. And it's just, it's so important, you know, more than the aesthetic, totally. but, but just the experience. For sure. And then Damien, you were at the For thing sure. yesterday, right? Yeah. And it was great. I mean, from the beer, which was amazing. So kudos on that. Um, and just the aesthetic of the place and punk rock karaoke, the, the film, everything was great. So um, congratulations cool. on that, that event. Yeah. Thank you. And, and you mentioned, you, you mentioned Josh earlier and I, I got to just say this and and I met the Stolos through these guys, through Damien and Ike, but somewhere there's got, like, the bands and, and the musicians of Southern California need to recognize that name, Stolo, mm-hmm. for what they all do for this scene. And they, they really do it, the same reasons you, it's out of the goodness of their heart. And, I mean, it's just a very special family that, that really put others before them just because they want to further 
the quote unquote scene. So Mr. and Mrs. Stolo, you did a good job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They really did. They, uh, they, they have a fantastic family, a fantastic family. Um, Josh, I mean, Josh is, he's salt of the earth. I mean, the guy's just gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we've been friends for years, just kind of through events and like, um, the opportunity for him to really come on, um, and become like my general manager of Brewout Productions, um, really only came up through COVID, you know, mm-hmm. where like, um, Slidebark had closed down and it was like, Hey, look, you've, you've helped me in the past, whatever. I need, I need a wingman. I need a, I need a guy that sits on my right hand that can make decisions when I'm not available, but can give me advice that I respect, you know what I mean? And yeah. like value. Um, and he does that and more and he's great. Yeah, for sure. Dude's awesome. Um, so tell yeah, us- he, I'm sorry. Go no, go ahead. I'll just say Ramon Gonzalez, same thing. Like, you know, yeah, he rips like they're both those two guys. They're like, you know, they're like uh, the perfect little duo. They complete each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got to say, you know, like, you know, doing we've done some things with you guys in the past and like the way you handle not only the fans, but the sponsors and the bands. It's just it's just great to see. Like you'd never want for anything. They're always you guys are always making sure everyone has what they need. And it's really appreciated. It makes hot days way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely try to. Like I always have told our staff that like to to us like as a team it doesn't matter if it's the singer of the headlining band if it's a sponsor if it's a brewery rep that's just dropping off kegs like they're all the rock stars like none of this happens without them and we have to treat them all that way and we do our best to sometimes in the heat of the moment you know as things are going everybody's like frustrated and trying to get things done 20 minutes before door and you know whatever things get dropped occasionally but like we do our best like to treat everyone like they're the star of the show you know and that's important and i think it's a difference kind of in our events versus some others but do you, do you ever work with any yeah. bands that that are now on your shows that you're like shit i was listening to that you know growing up like i can't believe i'm, I'm working with them right now all of them yeah <laughs> like all of them like i i've always said that too like i the way i decide if i would want to if i'm going to produce a show and do something is would i want to go to this mm-hmm. and if i don't want to go yeah. to it I don't know how to sell it then. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not a big shot, right? I just go with real simple and I break it down like, okay, if I was the customer, what do I want to see? Right. And then, so I book it based on that way, what I think the customer would want that and that I know how to reach that customer because I am that customer. I don't do like country events because I don't know anything about country. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't do hip hop shows because like hip hop's not my thing. Like, I don't know how to sell that because I'm not the customer. So like, that's the way I've always looked at it is like, you know, it's gotta be stuff that like I would personally want to go to. So point being no effects, like huge fan growing up, like had him painted on my leather jacket, like absolutely love no effects. Like Pennywise, obviously like Southern California, of course you listen to Pennywise, you know, but um, all of these bands, bad religion, like we've done so much with like so many amazing bands, um, the offspring, like, you know, everyone, like, they're all, they're all the bands that I, and I hate saying it like that. I listened to in high school. No, I listen to them today. Like, yeah, yeah it's not real. like these are bands that like, it's not a throwback. These are all relevant bands in the, in the scene. You know what I mean? Like, um, they're just, they're that great that they've lasted this long and that they continue to put out great music and perform incredibly like, you know, I was, so yeah, it's totally, I was shocked at how young and female your crowd was in Arizona. I was I was shocked. It looked like early warp tour days where it was just the kids from high school coming out, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Man, that's like that's the biggest thing right there. So Kevin Lyman, like obviously you guys know Kevin. Mm-hmm, right. Um he's a friend and he's like kind of become a mentor to me um for no reason other than that he's just the most like generous and kind human being on the planet. Um but like uh he had no reason to like ever give a shit about me or who I am or, you know, what I'm doing, but he just took interest and like checks in on me, asks me how I'm doing about things, gives advice if I ever need it. Like he's been fantastic. Point being, we, we were fishing together uh, a couple days ago. What? Two, two weeks ago, I guess now um, we we're out fishing and the, we were talking about it. Like the, the most difficult thing is getting the youth off the damn computer behind the screen and out to these damn shows. 
how do we like get them involved and engaged because that's why like work tour was so successful was kids like me we, that's what we did like mm -hmm. what do you like when's it coming through like you know what i mean like what, where's the shows like we used to go to shows constantly like all i did was go to shows yeah um and now i feel like you know i have an 18 year old son a 17 year old son i don't think they've ever been to a show that's not mine they have oh. no interest it's like what i mean just, i listen to it on spotify or like whatever like you know what i mean it's like what yeah. are you talking about this live events man live events you want to go so yeah like if we like i love that you just said that you saw these like younger people there and like girls as an example too like um that's what we need we need to encourage that and like and I, and like also like musicians that like actually play instruments yeah instead of all this like electronic shit like they're i don't know like i don't know how to capture it more you know what i mean but yeah. like kevin was saying the same thing he's like man that was the biggest challenge like it the, the audience aged out a little bit and the the newer generation like they're just they're they're different they're different than our generation was as far as what they want to do and what they want to see so yeah i mean i don't know we got to get more kids listening to punk rock that's all i know yeah it'll, it'll happen and like i said you like slaughterhouse on there and there, there's bands out there you know what i mean and and it's coming from different ways too there, there's bands like city morgue that have the hip-hop aspect but those were all like kids who like punk rock totally. too and it, and it comes through that so it'll be a little bit different you know what i mean um yeah. but it'll be there and then they'll find that other stuff because you know pennywise is playing as many shows now than than they ever have and all of these bands suicidal when they're active they're out there all of the time you know so kids yeah. kids still love it it's it's still out there you know some of the some of the best bands are all dead but you know um it, it's time for everyone to take this and put it on their shoulders and, and be like we're gonna carry this flag so and i think uh brian baker mentioned it in the documentary um that you know they're playing for their people like the the festivals that you put together the crowd is you know people who are listening to them when they're younger they're they're older now but they're still going to these shows but at the same time there's the newer generations that are just getting into punk rock and and these bands are so iconic like they just kept going like especially like bad religion like they just kept touring no effects you know all these bands they they were always relevant they were always pushing out albums or on tour and so, so you know the lineups that you have are paying respect to people who you know got into it in the early days but also are getting you know younger fans like tim mentioned so yeah and introducing um, them to new bands as well it's great to have those like solid pillars like you said like bad religion pennywise no effects like those big like iconic bands but then also like newer bands like slaughterhouse and you know just mm -hmm. that whole like that slaughterhouse is really good yeah. i mean slaughterhouse they check all the boxes they have great songs that they're younger i mean the makeup of them and the way they handled the crowd, I thought was great, you know, because when you're the first band on stage, it, it's a lot. It's a big responsibility and mm -hmm. it can be overwhelming. And I thought they handled it great. They were fantastic. Totally. We heard so many comments about them. I mean, that really came from Fletcher. Like he was the one that was like, Cameron, you have to do it. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that, that, was was not, that was spot on. I know. I was not ready for how good <laughs> that was going to be. I, <laughs> I was like, wait, is Fletcher on the phone? Uh, yeah. Gosh. Um, but yeah, in fact, we actually were trying to get him to play yesterday at the brewery, oh, nice. um, but they couldn't, but anyway, yeah, we're going to, I am going to get them to play at the brewery though. Cause they're rad. Yeah. Give us some new stuff that, that you guys are looking at or that, that we should put on people's radar. I mean, uh, to me right now, I can't stop listening to turnstile. Oh yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah, turnstile yeah. Great, yeah. Yeah. You guys are playing that loud last yesterday. It was yeah. awesome. Turnstile angel does yeah. all this stuff. So good. They're so good it's so creative it's like that's what i was talking to my 18 year old son i'm like listen mm -hmm. this is what you need to be listening to mm -hmm. this this brings everything together it's got some of the electronic stuff mixed in with like it sounds new york hardcore but then it's kind of got like you know this old school punk rock mixed with kind of like that indie like i don't even know what to say like tokyo police club like weird kind of music like got like some 311 you know, and, uh, influence in there yeah yeah, yeah that's right it's yeah. like all over but i love it i yeah. freaking love it it's like it feels like the progression of like punk rock for this era yeah uh with them i'm i don't know i'm just super into them right now Yeah, you could tell it's but what's interesting is like totally but like who do you book them with like who do you put them with like you it's not no effects and turnstile right it's not rancid right. and turnstile right like it's a it's a totally different like sub genre almost of like what punk rock is yeah and anyway it's exciting i love seeing that because that's new 
You know what I mean? That's something else. That's something that's coming. We that's always style. talk, we talk about promoters kind of as the boat. Like there, I mean, and it's a little heavier, but like with converge or cruel hand and all these bands that could be the, the leaders of the scene were kind of forced to just do their own thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, they should be playing yeah. some of these big live nation festivals and headlining at this point, instead of having the same fucking limp biscuit over and over. Rob or whatever. zombie. Rob zombie. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, geez, people are afraid to try new things. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what was so cool about like, well, two things. That's what was so cool about Kevin Lyman and the Warp Tour is how many bands he broke. I mean, he had Eminem on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had Kid Rock. Like he broke all those dudes who were like nobodies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but they got their exposure and they kind of got their break getting on like the Warp Tour. But the difference is right now why like the Warp Tour model doesn't exist and can't is because music is free and they're not making their money on records anymore right everybody's on some subscription base or they're just like ripping it off the internet yeah. um they're not making money on records so these bands have to tour and the only way they make money is touring so they all need to get paid what they need to support the band i mean let's say you go and you pay a band a hundred thousand dollars to play which is outrageous in the punk rock world but it happens each member is making like 20 grand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like then, and then, he, and they got a tour, like there's not very many cities they can get that. Right. So then they got a tour and they're also picking up shows where like they're making two grand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And all in all, at the end of the day, they're making like a decent living. No, nobody's getting rich out there doing this stuff, but the promoters have got to pay them these crazy, crazy rates. Like prior to like punk and Drublick, really yeah punk and drublick like these punk bands were not getting paid what they're getting paid today which is they you know they get, they get good money but anyway because they were playing you know clubs and things like that were like you know they're gonna go and i'm talking like in the top five top tier bands are probably getting paid you know 20 grand 15 grand you know what i mean and they were starving you know and so they have mm -hmm. to tour every damn month of the year to try and just make ends meet which sucks for them but anyway, it's just the whole model is just kind of fucked up because <laughs> now, like, the promoters have to go spend these crazy talent bills or talent budgets. And then these, you know, bands, they're not wrong for needing the money. They need to make a living. But then, like, the consumer's like, why are tickets $45? This is a ripoff. It's a punk mm -hmm. show. It should be 20 bucks. And it's like, right. do you know how much money we would lose? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. if we did that? And then, and the other point is, like, putting new bands on is scary because it's so expensive to you know to do these events and build them out you've got to put the you've got to put what you know works mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's why you see all these bands that are like this becoming kind of redundant like didn't they just play that same exact tour yeah they did but they sold tickets and so the promoters have to book the same bands all the time and it's harder for them to take risks you know with newer bands meaning it's even harder in this genre for bands to break you know yeah for sure but so so what do you guys have coming up next you have uh you're doing punk in the park denver yeah so we got punk and drublick um i leave thursday we're going out so it's in punk and drublick denver is the first one uh that we're doing right now first punk and drublick since the pandemic um and that'll be at sculpture park and that's no facts less than jake um sick of it all um and then we're gonna go get dads on that too um and then we come back we do the fair um in two weeks and then we go back to denver uh, a few weeks later and we do punk in the park um with pennywise and the vandals which i love that i get to go do all these shows with pennywise who i love those guys and then i get to go do punk and drublick with no effects who i love those guys and like they're all pals so it's kind of fun like rotating yeah but yeah so those are like the next three things we've got and then we're off to boston and pittsburgh whoops we haven't even announced that yet but anyway uh <laughs> we can cut that we, out. yeah we can edit that out <laughs> no it's fine it doesn't matter i didn't say which one it was so oh, that was oh there, you go. there you go all right cool but uh anyway yeah we've got we've got a bunch i've got uh 16 events this year three down so that's impressive two more to go that's got to feel so good after yeah. having really nothing going on last year to be able to just, you know, pack this year with 16 events. That's so cool, man. Dude, it's the, that the, the struggle is how small of a company we are. Cause we are a very small company, but that's also a strength for us. How quickly we could move. 
yeah. when things when I started to see a glimmer of hope, it was just like book every venue we can, let's go faster, book, 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 get <laughs> right. every artist, start talking to agents, do whatever we can do. Like, you know what I mean? As quickly as possible. We're like some of the bigger guys, it's like it's a much bigger you know, process for them to make these calls and make, make these decisions. But um, yeah, we've been fortunate that we've been able to respond so quickly to this, but um, yeah, now it's like literally like, what are we doing for next year? Like mm-hmm. right now it's like, we, we need to start booking yeah. all of that now. Like we're making offers for next year because everybody's back full bore. Everyone's clamoring to get venues and get holds. And it's just like, it's crazy. It went from like zero to a hundred for yeah. this industry, like overnight. Yeah. I think I was just talking to someone about this earlier. Like I think when it, when you're a promoter or you're in the, in the industry, you think about what bands do we need? And it's about the bands, but I think to the consumer and the fan, it's about the, the entire experience. So you can build on an experience and then the bands will come. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure um that's kind of what was cool with our model being that we offered like free beer for four hours before an event which Mm -hmm. everybody was like that's insane your bar sales are gonna drop like you're not gonna (laughs) make any money it's like you know little do you know offering beer sampling for three or four hours all it does really is prime the pop yeah everybody's like now i want to drink yeah you know what i mean our bar numbers blow people's minds like when they see what we actually do because people that drink beer drink beer you know what i mean like they're there to drink beer and so our sales are great but anyway that model of doing something kind of different um with the whole like beer side of it has been really great for us we're exploring some new ideas for some other things you know for maybe two years from now uh like some ideas and things that we could do and incorporate that'd be a little different but um yeah, ever changing nice yeah cool well i gotta be honest with you man like you know i've i've met you recently and we've we've done some business and to me you're an american entrepreneur and and i love what you do and i love the, your passion for it and i love the way you think about it and the way you take everything into you know into um your mind about what's going to work for everyone it, it's just it's impressive to see but it's also refreshing and it's the way it should be and i think it really comes through in what you guys do well thank you i appreciate that yeah one last question if any dream band i know you you probably say oh, i've already had them what's the one dream band you would want to have on a festival hmm. any dream band living or past any Ooh. doesn't matter anybody the clash there you yeah. go yeah there you go only two of us that said be, yeah, yeah and i wasn't one <laughs> that's okay you're entitled to your opinion yeah. even if it's wrong <laughs> it's all right if i could do any event ever like and it, i could put it together and bring people back from the dead i've always thought it would be absolutely amazing if you could have had the clash play with bob marley they had such like oh, yeah. a cool Damn. relationship and love for each other yeah bob marley wrote punky reggae party you know what i mean about punk rock you know, he said that um, The Clash was the only band that mattered. Like, he loved punk rock like Bob Marley did and respected mm-hmm. it because he saw how authentic it was, much like, you know, reggae is. And anyway, I just always thought what a cool synergy that would have been if you could have had those two perform at, like, the same venue, same event. But um, anyway. What about a live? Yeah. A live? Hmm. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> what we do <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm like i'm thinking about it like i don't know cameron's like i already did that dude yeah <laughs> fletcher like here. kind of but i don't know like trying to think like outside of even like i do so much punk rock like mm-hmm. is there something even outside of punk rock that i would be just mind blown to do i don't know man like the gap honestly man? i really like what we're doing huh i said the gap band <laughs> the gap band i don't know i don't know i honestly don't know i can't think of like what i would do like somebody that is current i don't know like rage against the machine would be fucking insane if they played again like that would be a big one yeah. i really want to do something with the deftones someday I oh, think that would right. be absolutely incredible. Well, you think the rage um, would do it if they put their money where their mouth is. I mean, but anyway, yeah. I don't want to get on that whole thing. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, <was just> <laughs> I have an arch enemy in that band that I, anytime I see him, I like to tell him he's a phony. 
But anyway, who do you who who do you guys think that we should do an event with? Give me a goal. Um, if you could if you could see us do something, what who would you see us do something? That's with? a great question. Now we're on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> go right? ahead, Damien. Uh, I'll go last. This is topsy turvy. Tim, yeah, no, go ahead, Ike. Hmm. I mean, for me, Pennywise is is always great because you you know what what that show is going to be. I mean, obviously, I love you know when. Uh, the bash last year when it was rancid and suicidal and Pennywise, you know, headlining. I, I thought that was a good mix. Mm-hmm. Um, when yeah. it when it comes to the new stuff, you know, Rise Against is always good because I know those guys like while they fall more into that corporate rock world, they're you know I know where their heads at. I know Joe and and Zach are real dudes and Tim's a real dude and you know, um, yeah, I, I I love those guys. That that that's family to me. But there's there's also like. You know, there's some newer bands, like there's that band, and I know they're not exactly punk rock, but like Bones UK, those two girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they're just mm-hmm. doing something like, Bones UK to me is like art deco music because it's like, it's rooted in the past, like in real strong arm blues, like humble pie type stuff. But the sound yeah. is of the future. It's just really cool and it's really different. So mm-hmm. I'm Have a, you checked out the skits? Yes, yes. They're so rad too. I mean, right now for me, when it comes to that stuff, uh, Sniffers are my favorite out of Australia. I think she's great. I think their music's great. Um, Totally. Yeah. That's where my head's at. How about about you, Ike? Yeah. I mean, I think that they've always done really great stuff, like having, you know, Rancid, Suicidal, Pennywise, you know, effects. Like, I'm I'm never disappointed, you know, with anything that you guys are putting out yet. Pretty much all my favorite bands are on your bills, so I can't really. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's stuff like Shame and Drug Church and things that are oh, just yeah. a little bit different right. that are just really cool and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and now, you know I what mean, I mean? I mean, Turnstile would be cool. If Turnstile, Angel bad. Dust. I mean, it's just all good shit. Yeah. There's great music out there, so everyone get off Spotify and go to Bandcamp and start <laughs> finding new shit. Yeah. Yeah, for real. So, All right, Cameron, man, for thank real. you so much for your time. Inspiring, and, and I just love your attitude about it all, and you're the real deal, so I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for the time. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys. Thank you. All right. For sure. All Rock right. And roll, Come to the brewery. We'll drink beers together. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. be down. Hell yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, right on. All See right. you guys.